You are now listening to What the Health, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. Hello, everybody, and welcome to What the Health. I'm your host, Lena Lahire, and today I'm joined by special guest Cynthia Donovan. Cynthia is a registered dietitian in upstate New York with a master's of science in nutrition from the State University of Oneonta. Cynthia has been an RDN for over 10 years and is a non-diet dietitian who believes in health at every size. Cynthia specializes in helping women recover from hypothalamic amenorrhea and has worked in various areas in the field of nutrition, which has led her to where she is today in which she operates her own virtual practice and works with women across the world, helping them recover their period and find balance with food and fitness. I know Cynthia's account was one that I followed when I was going through AJ and her brutally honest truth and factual advice was exactly what I needed to help me recover. It is an absolute honor to have her on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Cynthia. Thank you so much. And I am so excited to be here. And I am so excited that you found help through my Instagram. I really um, did. Yes, that's that's amazing. And anything particular other than I know you said my, my um, raw truth sometimes, but anything else that was like a big, big factor for you and, and my account that really helped you recover? You know, I liked just how real you were. Um, yeah. And how just how honest, like stop eating so much vegetables, uh, <laughs> you know, like really kind of like controversial, controversial yeah. advice yeah. that, that people would think, oh, well, what do you like, what do you mean by that? Um, but just kind of like getting down to the basics and making recovery from HA realistic and simple. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And yes, I I have to agree. I do go against society's norms a bit, right? Of you must eat vegetables, tons of them every single day. And you must exercise every single day. And if you don't, you know, get your heart rate up, you didn't get a good enough workout, you know, all all those things. Um, And those those society norms, um, unfortunately, uh, is what makes many of us individuals end up with um, hypothalamus amenorrhea HA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, um, I I do go against society standards, but you know what, just because it's society standards of what health is, we, we know that isn't, um, always true health. Yeah, that is so true. So how did you get into this field of nutrition? What made you decide to get into this area in particular? Uh, I love this question. Um, because, well, (sighs) Right now, my focus is the only individuals I work with are uh, those individuals that are trying to regain their periods through, um, you know, making sure they're eating enough and resting enough. Uh, So that is, you know, my main focus, but it wasn't always that way, Lena. Um, Like I said, I've been a dietitian for over 10 years. And uh, when I was in college um, or university, I'm not sure if you guys call it uni or college, but Um, when I was there, you know, my main priority was to, you know, be healthier and improve the health of others. And in college, um, they taught you, okay, you must eat less, lots of vegetables, move, you know, exercise every day. So they really, they really preach society's, um, ideal. And of course I learned much more in college than just that, you know, there's biochemistry, there's, you know, all these other courses that you have to take in anatomy and physiology. Um, but really the main message was to, to practice as a, a, a dietitian and put people on diets. Um, so, you know, for half of my career, through my uh, own, you know, personal, I guess, drive to not only make myself healthier um, and make others healthier, I ended up losing my period. Um, And I ended up regaining my period by, you know, eating and resting. Uh, And at the time, if if anyone hasn't heard of the book, No Period, Now What? Um, I totally recommend getting that if you think you are suffering from um, hypothalamic amenorrhea. Dr. Rinaldi is um, the leading, uh, 
I think woman uh, in this world that talks about all things um, HA. Uh, so at the time there was no, no period, now what book? Uh, and it, it was kind of, you know, in a place where I had no idea why my period was missing. So when I was in college, they said, oh, you know, women that have missing periods likely have um, eating disorders, likely have, you know, BMIs that are less than say, you know, 19 uh, and, you know, just don't eat. And I'm like, well, I, my BMI is above 23. Uh, I eat, um, I exercise every day. No, this doesn't sound like me. You know, I can't have HA that's, that's for women with eating disorders. And, you know, at the time I, I was struggling with disordered eating, but I didn't really know it because society teaches us that, you know, we must eat clean. We must exercise every day. So it was a norm, you know, and now looking back, I can, I can visualize that, you know, I, I did have a problem thus, you know, making my period go missing. So then, you know, I, I finally found a doctor because many, many medical professionals, and it's nothing against, you know, any doctor out there, but, um, you know, a lot of doctors don't know about HA, Lena, and, uh, which is frustrating, um, for that patient, because, uh, if they are misdiagnosed or, uh, their doctor tells them they're fine, uh, like my doctor was like, oh, you're fine. You know, you're healthy weight, keep exercising, keep eating healthy. And here's birth control, uh, which mind you birth control induces a, a fake, uh, period. So, uh, but I knew at that time, I'm like, no, I'm like, this isn't right. I should be having my period, but I'm not, but I can't figure out why. Um, so to not make this story too long, uh, I finally had a doctor appropriately diagnose me, which I was, you know, a bit apprehensive. I'm like, no, this doesn't sound like me. This is not what they taught me in college. Uh, but come to find out it really was, I was over exercising and I was under eating. And I had thought that just because I'm at a normal weight and I'm not losing weight, I must be eating enough. So this doesn't make sense. And in all actuality, you know, energy in versus energy out, you know, if you eat less and you move more, you should be losing weight, but guess what? It doesn't always work that way. Um, our bodies are extremely intelligent and they will say, oh, things aren't looking good around here. I must keep all this, you know, body fat and, and so I can maintain, you know, natural things that have to occur for daily life, such as breathing, um, your heart beating, et cetera. So when I finally came to terms with that and my doctor was like, okay, you need to cut that exercise, but I'm like, well, exercise is so healthy. Do I really? And yes. Um, so I cut the exercise, started eating more, you know, resting more, trying to work on my type A personality, uh, because many of us that suffer from HA have the perfectionist type A personality, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, so I, I worked on that and, uh, I ended up getting, um, extremely impatient, um, and I ended up seeking a uh, fertility treatment. Uh, for my first child. And I know, you know, looking back, um, if I just gave myself a bit more time with rest and with um, eating enough that I would have conceived naturally um, and gotten my period back. Um, but I didn't. And, you know, which is fine. You know, I, we only know what we know. And when we know it. So I conceived. Um, and then after um, my period came back naturally, and it's been back naturally since. And even so naturally that my second baby was conceived, uh, by, um, if you want to call it the oops method where, uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> I didn't expect, I didn't know pregnancy that was that easy because I struggled, you know, for so long with a missing period. So, um, so, you know, long story, I tried to make it as short as possible, but your initial question of, you know, how did I come to this place? And it really was through, my own struggles and through the so much misinformation out there on what health truly is and why having your period is so important. And it's not just because fertility reasons and, and, um, maybe we can get into, you know, the other, uh, benefits of having a normal cycle. But, um, I thought, you know, what better thing could I do than help another person 
that is struggling with the same exact thing that I did, you know, to, to have that full, a full on empathy, um, Mm -hmm. and also have the professional background to help guide them forward versus, you know, just my, my own, you know, um, what do you call it? Experiences. Um, so yeah, so my approach as a registered dietitian, you know, is very science-based, but it's also very, you know, empathetic-based and, um, you know, tailored to women that are specifically going through missing periods. So, so yeah, that's how I, I came about to specialize in, in this particular area. And I'll tell you what, there's not one thing on earth I would rather be doing as a dietitian than, you know, helping women recover their period and, and find balance with food and fitness. Mm, I love that. I think, you know, your story, I know I can 100% relate to that. You know, I went through HA um, and maybe we'll just do a little definition uh, of, of what exactly HA is, but I, I went through it twice. And the first time was like years and years ago, I was suffering from an eating disorder, but I was overweight. Um, you know, I had come off birth control that I had been on since I was 15. Cause doctors, when you had acne, when you were 15, they just put you on birth control. Yep. Yep. Right. And then you're on that. And I was on one that ended up being pulled off the shelves and, you know, my period went missing for four years. Plus I was bulimic over exercising, but still overweight, right? Like I still had a high BMI. Um, and, and the doctor said, you know, it's fine. Like you don't need a period, which is crazy. Like yeah. it's crazy. But you know, as a, as a 19, 20 year old, you don't question that you just yeah. like, Oh, sweet. I don't have my period. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the, and then the second time was, you know, just a little under a year ago was completely unintentional. Then I really found out, you know, what HA really is. And, and my doctor was quite helpful, but to be honest, like certain Instagram accounts were more helpful and getting Mm -hmm. the book, no period now what? So it's, uh, it's pretty amazing the reach that professionals like yourself can have on people all around the world. So Can you define just like, what is HA? What's going on in the body with HA? Absolutely. So um, HA, hypothalamic amenorrhea, um, which may sound a little bit different because I have this, you know, uh, New York accent. Um, (laughs) So it is, you know, a missing period. And more than likely, it is a missing period due to your body being under fueled in some context, but also it's important to note that stress plays a factor as well. Um, and you know, I have many women that have come to me and said, you know, but I'm not over exercising, but they may not just be giving their bodies enough fuel to turn on these reproductive hormones. So in your hypothalamus, you have, um, that part of your brain, which controls, uh, reproductive hormones, it controls appetite regulation and also where your, your stress hormones live, um, as well. And so when our body is under stress, uh, such as not getting enough food, um, not getting enough rest, or maybe just mental stress of, of some, some context, uh, usually it's a combination of all three, um, our sex hormones, um, our hypothalamus will say, uh, nope, not safe around here to reproduce. Uh, so we turn non-essential functions off, uh, such as those sex hormones. And now you might be saying, well, I don't want to have babies. So why is a period important? And that's okay. If you don't want to have babies, a period is still very important. And I'll explain why in a, in a moment, but so now you have these, these lack of, um, uh, sex hormones, reproductive hormones, and that is all because your body is an amazing being and is telling your system, like things aren't good around here. Like we need more food. We need more rest. Um, and until then we're going to not only turn off reproductive hormones, but we may make your skin really crappy. We may, you know, your nails may be really soft. Your hair might start falling out. Uh, your heart rate that maybe you go to the doctors and the doctor's like, Oh my God, your heart rate is so low. You're so healthy. Uh, that it is just your body's way of decreasing that heart rate. So it's not expending all of this energy on 
non-essential things. Like we need to slow our system down if there is not enough fuel. So it's, it's how our ancestors survived, um, you know, back in cave man, cave women days. And, um, you know, that was the body's way of being smart and protecting itself. So, uh, you know, on top of the, you know, maybe bad skin or the hair falling out, the slow heart rate, um, you're also increasing your risk for, uh, bone, bad bone health, uh, because estrogen plays a very important role in bone health. And when you have no period, likely your estrogen is non-existent or very, very low. Uh, so you're increasing your risk for fractures, uh, possibly, um, early onset osteoporosis or osteopenia, um, on top of, um, cognitive functions, um, in the book, no period. Now what, um, Dr. Rinaldi has some interesting studies on how, you know, cognitive, uh, stuff is affected, you know, later down the years. Uh, so that's, you know, the, I guess the biological physiological kind of, uh, part of how HA is affected. But, um, if we have time to get into all the other things, um, our relationships are, uh, you know, our eating habits, our exercising habits, um, as well are, are also impacted and, and our ability to just, you know, live the life we were intended to live, um, because of, of HA and not saying that HA directly, you know, causes bad relationships or anything like that, but your behaviors that have brought you to HA can mm. be impacting those, those things, um, around you. So, so yeah, so that's in a nutshell, I know that was a very long drawn out answer, um, but in a, I guess if I had to sum it up in one sentence is your body needs more fuel so it can run at an optimal um, level and get those mm -hmm. uh, reproductive hormones uh, back on. Mm -hmm. So when someone is going through HA and they're going on this journey of, okay, I need to eat more, exercise less. Like how does one start that journey and what are some of the things that they're going to come up against in terms oh, of that? Yes. And I will try to keep this not too long of a drawn out answer. Um, so to resolve HA, it is simply eating more and resting more um, and trying to work on self-care, stress levels, et cetera. So mm. Easier said than done though, right, Lena? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, some women um, will be in a place where they have pretty bad eating disorders. Uh, some women will just have a bit of disordered eating, um, which, you know, isn't as um, uh, severe as uh, an eating, a clinical eating disorder. But I also want to note that eating disorders, disordered eating comes in all shapes and sizes and forms and you know, things that are happening underneath them. Some women have eating disorders and they never lose their periods. Mm -hmm. Why that happens um, is A, a good question. And B, it's, it's usually related to strong, strong survival genetics in that, that um, individual. So um, if I, I do want to mention, if anyone is listening and they are, you know, suffering from an eating disorder, um, I do recommend that you reach out to your healthcare professional and seek mm -hmm. um, eating disorder help. Uh, so it's very important. And many, you know, individuals will say, well, I don't think I'm sick enough. I don't have a problem. And as soon as you say that, I don't think I have a problem. I don't think I'm sick enough. That's almost like a red flag to say that. Yes it is good to, to get help. And whether or not you're suffering from an eating disorder or disordered eating, whatever it is, be honest with yourself. And, you know, that is going to be the first, um, uh, you know, way that you are going to be able to implement any changes, whether it be by yourself or with another individual. Uh, so back to the easy equation, Lena, of eating more, resting more and uh, working on stress levels. So you know, every woman is different. Every individual is different in their background. So to give general advice, um, would be to, um, increase what you're, you're already doing with food. Um, and many individuals will say, well, you know, I have started eating more. I have started resting more and where the heck is my period now, Cynthia, I've been following your advice. <laughs> and I, you know, will simply say that 
sometimes there's missing pieces of the puzzle and that the recommendations like I give over Instagram are just that general recommendation, but everybody is different. So, you know, for instance, if you had a twin sister, Lena, and you guys pretty much lived the same exact lives, maybe you were the same weight, you know, ate generally the same food, your sister may need much more food than you do to recover her period. Uh, so, you know, it's important to know on this journey, when you do start to eat more, you do start to exercise less that it, it looks different for every single woman. And so that's where I had come up with, um, designing a program that will not only give the, the foundational advice of eating more and resting more, but to work with individuals on an, in, on an individual level, uh, to, you know, see, okay, you know, are you eating enough? Because guess what? Sally may need 2,700 calories. You know, uh, Jan may need 3,200 calories. Mm -hmm. Uh, so in the way I monitor that is to see, okay, is our body responding by eating more food and resting more? So such as, um, are you seeing increase in cervical mucus, which is something, uh, you will see in your underwear as your hormones start to turn back on. Um, are you seeing an improvement in your skin, your nails? Uh, so things, you know, like that, I look toward, um, the, the physical, uh, more of the qualitative things that are happening by eating more and resting more, uh, versus, okay, you need X calories. Um, but that general recommendation of 2,500 calories that you might see me, um, mention often on my page is based on, um, the no period now what research of a, a handful of different studies coming up with that, uh, number. Uh, so it's a good place to start. Um, but you also want to be mindful if you are, you know, in a place of, of, an eating disorder at a super low weight, um, those recommendations may not be for you right off the bat. So, you know, along with, you know, making sure we're eating and resting more comes, you know, the fear, right? The fear of weight gain, uh, mm -hmm. the fear of what are other people going to think? Um, and I'm just naming a couple because there's a million different, you know, avenues of, of why we're being held back from, getting from point A to point B of, um, resting and eating more. Cause in simple terms, it's like, okay, eat more, rest more, voila, period. And no, there's all these fears and unknowns attached to it. Like how much weight am I going to have to gain? You know, am I going to have to buy new clothes? What are my parents going to think? What are, what is my boyfriend, my husband, my, you know, what are these people going to think? Um, you know, when I come out of quarantine and I've gained weight. So there's so many different fears attached. And, um, you know, I guess some general advice is that, you want to ask yourself, what is more important, your health or what other people think, or, you know, the number on the scale, which tells us absolutely nothing about our health. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, asking yourself that question, like what, what is most important for me? Um, and then secondly is, you know, can I do this by myself? Uh, and, you know, having that support of somebody telling you like, this is okay, that you are eating, you know, way less vegetables than you ever have and eating a cheeseburger here and there that that's okay. Because you know what, Lena, we have this whole outside world of society, maybe family upbringing, you know, and a million different other things that have transformed us into how we eat um, and view health today. Mm -hmm. And then you see my page and it's like, eat more, rest more, eat less vegetables, you know, and have, have your cake and eat it too. And so that's where that support portion of whether it's a dietitian, a therapist, um, someone who specializes in, you know, HA or at least in health at every size or some type of eating disorder, disordered eating uh, therapist or dietitian, uh, because that support is essential to help guide you over those fears to get from your point A of, okay, I know I need to do this to the point B of actually doing it. Uh, so, and the biggest fear at the end of the day is, is our body changing the fear of weight gain. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
although that is a valid fear, there are many things that are attached to it, uh, that if you do work with a healthcare professional that specializes, um, you are really able to heal that underlying reason why your period went missing in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, and that's really important to note because many women will get their periods back. I already got my period back. And then, you know, I might have a direct message, you know, two months later, my second period doesn't come. And, you know, I, I can only do my best to answer direct messages um, without knowing their full history, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that would be unprofessional of me um, to say, yeah, I need you to do X, Y, and Z without knowing exactly what's going on. So, you know, uh, the way I help support women is to, you know, not only get their periods back, but help them heal the underlying reason why it went missing in the first place and really digging into deep, like, what is our fear of waking, you know, and what does health really mean? Um, and, and just, you know, a couple examples uh, to, to sum that up. But, you know, we could talk for days about all the different avenues and factors, uh, you know, which play into um, healing HA, but those are, those are some of the main ones that I see. Mm. You know, so I worked in the fitness industry for the last 10 years, switched my profession to psychology. And it is, you know, I'm sure it comes with being a dietitian as well. Like there's this expectation that you have to look a certain way, yes. right. As a personal trainer. Uh -huh. And then you're, you're, you look this certain way and everyone's like, Oh my God, you look so good. And yeah. you're not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm so glad you mentioned that because for me personally, I struggled with that for a while. I'm like, I'm a dietitian. Like I can't gain weight. I can't eat pizza. I can't like, what are people going to think? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was one portion that held back. And then also too, um, you know, the, the fear of, uh, you know, not only what people are, are thinking, but kind of going against like everything I, I knew, um, but, you know, luckily as time goes on, there's so many more, um, healthcare professionals, dietitians, trainers, and stuff like that, that are approaching that, you know, all foods can fit and it is not healthy to be obsessed with working out or eating clean or your day is ruined because you didn't get your workout in kind of thing. So I, we're seeing, I think our, our society transform, um, a little bit with that, but there's, there's still much work to do in what, um, health truly is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I put out a little, uh, I've been doing these little psychology lessons and I talked about exercise bulimia in one of them. And, you know, I see it so often on social media and we're seeing all of these fitness accounts and this is what people are following. And we have absolutely no idea what the health of that individual is, how they eat. You know, if I'm seeing a girl with a shredded six pack, the first thing I'm thinking is, I wonder if she has her period. Mm -hmm. Not like, yeah. Oh my God, I want to look like that. It's like, yeah. Oh my God, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. I, and I, I, yeah, I hope she's okay. And it's funny how, you know, maybe 10 years ago, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, I'd, I'd have these, you know, this is before uh, Instagram and, you know, social media was really, really prevalent, which to me, it makes it so much harder to recover from these things because mm. they're just constantly thrown in your face. So one quick side note tip is unfollow these accounts. If these accounts aren't bringing you joy, they're not making, feel, making you feel better about yourself, do a purge, follow mm -hmm. accounts that are going to make you feel good about yourself. So, um, with that being said, uh, Lena, that, you know, not having social media, I just remember, you know, looking at, you know, magazines and cutting out magazines. Oh, I wish I could have her six pack or I could do this. And, you know, now it's exactly what you said. It's like, Oh my gosh, I wonder if she's okay. I bet she's struggling or, Oh, you know, I, 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 all these things that we're, we're more concerned about the individual because we know now by looking at someone on the outside doesn't, you know, dictate what, what their health truly is. Mm -hmm. And, and maybe, you know, you're out there listening right now and you're like, ah, I got a period. I'm good. You know, but if you're having these constant thoughts around food, around, you know, um, feeling bad about your body or, uh, feeling guilty if you don't go to the gym, you know, or you didn't get your X amount of servings of veggies in a day, 
that's not healthy either. Our mental health is just as important as our, our physical health. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the best mental health strategies to implement when someone is going through HA? First of all, I love how you said unfollow these accounts, because that is one thing that I've said as well. Like, just because someone says they're healthy or claims to be healthy doesn't mean that they are. And what, like, what is health? Do you know what I mean? I can tell you that I am, I want to say how grateful I am to the individuals that are in the fitness industry yes. or, or that are reaching out to me and saying, Cynthia, I don't have my period. I, I need your help. Uh, mm. So, you know, it's important to know that if we are following these accounts, we have no idea um, mm. what is happening with them, if they are truly, you know, healthy. Uh, so, but to answer your question about mental health, I can't, you know, speak on, on the mental health behalf, but I can share, you know, what I encourage, um, you know, individuals to do and one of being, you know, unfollow uh, accounts, immerse yourself in the non-diet world. Um, Anti-Diet, it's a book called Anti-Diet by Christy Harrison, who is a registered dietitian, um, is an amazing book. Um, if you haven't read it, Lena, I totally recommend it. Um, and anyone who's listening, um, that it just, there's so much information in there about what health truly is and how our society and diet culture has robbed of, robbed us of so many different amazing life events. Um, Mm -hmm. one being, I can tell you, I was on my honeymoon, I actually just posted something on my Instagram about it today. Um, And I was worried about gaining weight on my honeymoon. I was worried about what I was eating or when I was going to get my workout on my honeymoon. Like why, Mm -hmm. you know, and now I can say that and look back, but when I was going through it, I just thought that was just normal behavior. Um, so, you know, it, it steals, uh, Christy Harrison in the book, anti-diet calls it the life thief that it's stealing our life from us diet culture. Uh, so immersing yourself in learning more about, anti-diet and living your life at a health at every size approach, which is another book health at every size, um, is a great book to read and also podcast. Uh, Christy Harrison has a great podcast. Um, uh, Dr. Rinaldi and, uh, Florence have just, uh, put together a podcast called all in, uh, for no period. Now what, which is an amazing podcast. I'm trying to think of other ones off the top of my head. Um, I I had Victoria Myers on the show. She does um, the intuitive, intuitive eating, intuitive eating. Yep. 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 So, you know, immersing yourself in this, this culture, because if you think about it, the diet culture is all around us. It's Mm -hmm. on social media. It's on the news. It's in children's movies. Oh my gosh. I was just watching, I can't remember what movie it was with my son and, you know, uh, one of the bad guys, they were calling him. I don't even like to say the word. Um, I'm just going to spell it F A T. And it's like, you know, uh, it's happening at such a, um, you know, age level that we are almost immersed in it, like a language, right. A diet Mm -hmm. language, if you want to say, and when you're trying to unlearn this language of dieting, um, that, you know, it takes some time. And I'd like to, you know, if I could give any advice, learning this anti-diet way, which doesn't mean anti-health, uh, by the way, it doesn't mean eat, you know, loads of cheeseburgers and, you know, uh, French fries and eat McDonald's every day. That's not what it is at all. Um, but it's having this balanced relationship with food that where, yeah, you could have a cheeseburger. Maybe the next day you have a salad, you know, maybe you, um, have co- uh, cream in your coffee one day and then you prefer the next day black. Uh, so, you know, it's a balanced relationship with food and fitness and, you know, learning this new language, is difficult because we're immersed in a culture that does not practice this language. So, you know, I encourage all the individuals I work with to give yourself time, give yourself grace, immerse yourself into this language that you want to learn and keep practicing it, keep practicing it until you become pretty fluent in it. And it takes time. Um, because think about it this way, it'd be like going to Mexico, right? in learning Spanish, you'd probably pick up Spanish much easier, quicker, immersed in that culture versus coming to, uh, you know, France and being immersed with all French, uh, speaking individuals. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, those are, those are my tips. And to, at the end of the day, if you feel like you need support to reach out and get it, mm-hmm. um, to, to whatever healthcare, you know, professional that you, you feel you would benefit from best. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important is reaching out and seeking support. You know, I said, I, I want to caveat what I said, you know, when I got more help from social media than I did from my doctor, I still reached out to my doctor, right? I still got all the blood work I needed to get done. Uh, He did help me to a certain degree, although he did want to put me on birth control to Mm. kick, kick kickstart my period, um, which I was extremely hesitant to do. I went on the the patch for two days. I was a complete basket case. I just like, from the hormones, I'm super sensitive, you know, at the best of times. Um, and that's when I really went and found all of these hashtags, like non-diet, anti-diet, um, hypothalamic amenorrhea. And I found this whole community online, um, that just completely changed everything. The nourishing women podcast. That's what Victoria Myers does. Yeah. So I found like her, I found you, I found curves on Kate, which she was on my podcast a few episodes ago. And just this like amazing community of women that are going through the same thing. And you realize how many people actually go through this. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at times you feel like I'm the only one, like I literally, when I was going through it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm the only one, but mm-hmm. you know, and that's definitely one positive about social media and mm-hmm. these days is that you are able to access these amazing communities that you would not be able to access if social media wasn't around. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. with every, you know, caveat, you know, there's, there's something, uh, positive and, you know, it sounds like when you were doing your social media research, you were, you know, looking for reputable sources as well. And, and yes. not just, you know, any, whoever saying, you know, this is good to do, or this is bad to do, uh, because that's where we can get in trouble with, uh, social media that, because guess what, if you can market whatever it is you are trying to preach, like in a good way, I mean, you could sell anything to anyone or make them believe anything you want to believe. So, um, you know, it's so important to make sure that your, your social media following, if you are trying to seek help for a specific problem, whether it be HA or anything that is coming from someone that, um, you know, is, is a professional in it credentials, um, and stuff like that. Especially, you know, with an eating disorder. And I should say, you know, my first go with HA, I had an eating disorder. The second time I did not, mm-hmm. but I had sought help for, my eating disorder, you know, well before the second bout of HA. So, you know, that is really important because with any kind of eating disorder, it's never about food and Mm -hmm. HA, you know, the result is HA, but it's never about food. Yes, you're exactly right. Yep. It's, it's all those behaviors, whatever, you know, is that underlying behavior. Um, And, you know, there's so many different reasons why you know, we sometimes end up with eating disorders, um, or disordered eating and another book recommendation. I know I've thrown a lot of book recommendations, um, out at you, Lena, but, um, the book, uh, sick enough by Dr. Uh, Gaudiani. Um, mm-hmm. she is a medical doctor that specializes in eating disorders. And she wrote this most amazing book for individuals and healthcare professionals, like, um, called sick enough. And, and it's just, um, amazing information. Oh, no, I love book recommendations. <laughs> love it. So what are the most, you kind of touched on some of them. What are the most common myths surrounding HA? Oh, common myths. Um, I have to say, uh, gosh, that birth control, uh, will bring a period back. Um, and that is only a synthetic induced, um, uh, period, uh, that HA, uh, only happens in women with eating disorders or that have super low BMIs. Um, and it can happen at any size. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of some other ones. Uh, can you just know. go a little bit more into the birth control? Because, you know, mm-hmm. my, my doctor had said that, like, we're just going to do this to kickstart your period. Like, is that a good plan? Yes or no. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know where they get the kickstart thing from, 
Um, I, my doctor said the same, my doctor said the same thing and so many other women. I just, I don't, I'm just, I don't know, um, where that comes from, but, um, one of my clients, um, uh, she is going to be a medical doctor. She's, uh, finishing up medical, medical school in the, the next couple of years. And, you know, she quite simply said that, you know, doctors don't know everything. Um, and that the research that is like currently happening or out there, um, sometimes doctors aren't staying up to date or, um, you know, they're not seeing enough, uh, clients maybe with that particular problem. Um, but she said a good doctor will always listen to their, um, patient. And so if you are struggling, I'll go more into the birth control in a second, but if you are struggling with, you know, this sounds like me, I overexercise and undereat, but my doctor's prescribed me birth control, uh, talk to your doctor and say, Hey, you know, I learned, I read, um, also, uh, no period. Now what, if you go to, um, no period, now what.com, there's some great fact sheets on, um, uh, HA that you can share with your doctor, um, and download, or you can even quite simply hand them the book uh, and say, here, this is, you know, and it's all backed by um, peer reviewed um, research. Uh, Dr. Rinaldi is, is fabulous and making sure that all of her recommendations are evidence-based. Uh, so, you know, talk to your doctor because there, our doctors don't know everything. And maybe back when they learned that birth control kickstarts, uh, there was something and maybe some research or something. Uh, so, you know, birth control is a, a, uh, hormone, um, you know, various hormones in there. And it's, it's a hormone that we're taking either orally or we're injecting, um, sometimes, um, uh, what do you call them things? The, uh, the inserts, I don't know why I can't think of it. Um, IUD. Yeah, IUD. I was going to say IUI, but that's uh, fertility. Uh, So, uh, you know, even though sometimes um, could have uh, hormones attached to them. And so it's just, you know, it's an external source of hormones and it it, it is not allowing your body to do its natural functions. Mm -hmm. Uh, So birth control um, also to... um, I was just actually talking um, about this with my client um, who is uh, in medical school. She was in her reproductive um, uh, unit and uh, she read a couple recent studies that even say that birth control, because so many doctors would be like, oh, you haven't had your period. You need to go on birth control to protect your bones. Uh, But if you are nutritionally inadequate, meaning you are not fueling your body appropriately, that pill is not going to have the protective measures that doctors think it will for your bones, because you're just, you don't have enough food to, you know, do these non-essential functions of a body such as rebuilding bones. We don't need to rebuild bones to survive. Um, so anyway, so the birth control thing, many doctors will say, Oh, you don't have your period. Okay. Well, you know, here's the pill or seek fertility treatment. Um, or, you know, I'm on the pill, I come off the pill and I have no period. And doctors will also say not all doctors. And again, I just want to put out there that I'm not trying to, you know, discredit any kind of medical profession out there or a medical doctor, but quite simply, just like a dietitian, I don't know everything about nutrition. Like there are some, you know, specialty areas that I don't know about. Um, and the same thing with doctors, but I bet if that doctor were open to learning new things, he would, you know, be receptive to learning more about HA. So anyways, come off the pill. Your doctor might say, well, wait, give it a year, like give it a year till your body normalizes. No, no, no. If your period doesn't come, I would say like, you know, and I'm just throwing a number out there, not based on research. Um, but within, you know, two to three months and you're not seeing your period off uh, coming off the pill and you fit the bill of, you know, exercising, eating super clean or, you know, calorie restricted, then I, you know, reach out to me. Um, you know, I help women across the world regain their periods, um, or just simply follow my page and, you know, start eating and resting more. So Mm -hmm. that helped answer that, that question a bit, Lena. Yeah. hundred percent. I think, you know, the, the kickstart your period, it's kind of like the belief that our bodies forgot 
to have a period forgot how to have and our body is like you said extremely intelligent it has not forgot how to do anything it's in survival mode yeah yeah yep and so a little bit of you know nutrition lifestyle changes um you know ha is something that can be 100 uh, percent uh reverse but it is important to note that if you are struggling with this um that you know, to give your body time to have multiple periods before you are changing things up on it, because we're, we're in a sensitive spot and our bodies remember, they don't forget that they were in a place of, if you want to call it famine. Um, and you may say oh famine, you know, she's being maybe a bit dramatic, uh, but that's what our bodies are thinking. Our bodies have no idea that, you know, I have a Lara bar sitting right, you know, at my desk, if I'm hungry, my body's like, okay, where's the food? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So say someone is going through HA and they ask how long until I get my period back, what's kind of the normal expected if they're actually doing what, what they need to do, how long do you think it would take? So if they are doing exactly what they need to be doing, which, you know, it could be hard to pinpoint, mm-hmm. um, it can be, you know, well, first of all, let me just share the, the resources of my, my answer. Dr. Rinaldi in the book, No Period, Now What? Um, she gives an average of six months. Um, and I think she may have shortened that a bit recently. Uh, that is if we're doing everything we're doing. And you may have women say, well, I've been all in for seven months. You know, I've been eating more and, you know, resting more. And if you are truly giving your body enough food, enough rest, you should definitely have a period by now. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, there is a missing piece of the puzzle. And here's the thing, Lena, we could think that, oh, you know, I'm eating so much more. And you'll see a lot in my post while well, I'm eating more, I've gained weight. I've, you know, cut out exercise. Where is my period? And we're missing a piece of the puzzle. You may need more rest. You may need more food. You may, your body just may need a bit more time. Um, so I like to quote an average for my clients, if they are weight restored, meaning at a um, quote unquote healthy BMI, which is 20 or greater um, is what I consider as a practitioner, um, that it, it is an average of three months. I've had women get their periods back within two weeks of my program. Uh, cause they're already starting to implement some changes. Um, I've had women, um, you know, get their periods right back, uh, you know, right at the three month mark, you know, some in the middle. So, um, and the women that tend to take a bit longer than three months are those women that are usually at a lower body weight, um, have suffered from an eating disorder in the past. Um, I had one, uh, young woman who was 19, never had a natural period in her life. Um, she ended up getting her period back. I, I want to say it was uh, f- around five months. Um, so and her body required much more food and much more rest because of the trauma of the eating disorder um, prior to. So, so yeah, it's definitely, it varies. Um, but I can tell you women that get the support that they need for period recovery um, tend to get their periods back quicker than going at it themselves. Yeah. I don't even know what I, yeah. I don't know what I would have done without my husband taking me for ice cream a few times a week. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely helpful when there is a supportive, um, family member, um, and involved, um, as well. And, you know, I hear from so many women, uh, because I used to work one-on-one with many individuals, you know, and now I've built, um, uh, group coaching community, where, you know, they not only get the expertise of, um, you know, my, my advice, but they're also in a community of women going through the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and thus it, it just helps them feel much more supported, um, knowing that they're, they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And then last question in regards to this topic, um, say someone gets their period back how long until they can start engaging in more intense exercise? Another great question. So um, I'm going to refer back to no period, not what, for the, the, the standard of three cycles. Um, and I would agree with that and almost even say, you know, giving your body more time 
because again, depending what your body has went through with HA, whether it's, you know, you've had a longstanding eating disorder or have been restricting calories for many, many years, um, you know, after getting our period back once, it's like, okay, can I go back to normal activity? And the answer is really no, uh, mm-hmm. because your body is still in a sensitive place. Now, after three cycles of, you know, you're resting, you're still eating enough, you know, then I would say it's a bit more, um, I don't want to say safe, uh, but a bit more okay to start dabbling back into, um, intense exercise. However, it's so important that we ask ourselves our why behind getting back into exercise. And I'll throw two examples. Um, one example, um, I had a client of mine, um, who, uh, was a rock climber and she loved doing it with her husband. And, you know, it was a friend thing and it was just something she truly loved to do. And so, uh, she, uh, got back into it. You know, that was like a, a genuinely loved passion for that intense physical activity. Now, you know, on a different token, I've had, um, you know, clients in, in the way past where before I was only offering, um, one month, uh, packages right now, it's a minimum of three months, just because we, our bodies need more time to heal. And I've had women get their periods back and be like, okay, you know, I am going back to exercising because I'm worried about what my body looks like. And I, I can't, you know, have gained this weight. I need to tone up and I need to, you know, fit back into my crop top or, you know, whatever that may be. So, you know, there, there's two different extremes. So when you do recover your period and you give yourself, you know, at least three cycles, you really want to ask yourself your why into getting back into this more intense physical activity, you know, is it because you truly love and enjoy it? And I get it. You might say, well, it's my stress relief. And yes, I truly enjoy it. it hopefully by then, um, three cycles, you've found a bit of something else to deal with stress. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, it's okay to, you know, let off steam by going for a run. Uh, but if you're missing your period, it's, it's not the best thing for our bodies right now. So, so it all goes back to, you know, at least three minimum, you know, recovery cycles, and then also asking yourself your, your why. And on top of that, making sure you're eating enough to support that new introduction of, of exercise back in. Yeah. I really love that. Like asking your why, like, do you, do you really love thrashing yourself in the gym or like, would you prefer to just go for a nice long walk? Like, yeah. right. Yeah. Or do something fun, you know, um, maybe it's go to the trampoline park and jump on the trampoline. Yeah. Dance. Like, yeah. I don't know. Do you really, do you really love doing, you know, 30 minutes of burpees? Do you love yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Cause I'll tell you what, Lena, I thought I did before. I definitely, yeah. <laughs> I don't love it. I really don't. <laughs> yeah. No, I think people are in love with punishing themselves because they look a certain way and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's more the issue. Yeah. Okay. I have some fun questions for you okay. to finish off. All if right. you were stranded on a desert Island and could only choose one food to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, uh, I, Gosh, I have to say, I love chocolate chip cookies. I really love chocolate chip cookies. Um, but I, I can't just pick one. I really like like um, uh, like a, a grain bowl, like with like sweet potatoes and quinoa, yeah. avocado, some type of protein. Um, Cause I feel like I, I would want that. Um, and then the cookie after. Okay. okay. So I can't, I can't, I'm sorry, <laughs> I've had, like, I've had people that are like straight up 100%. They know I had one guess say corn dogs, hundred percent. I was like, <laughs> corn dogs. <laughs> okay. What is the best meal you've ever eaten in your entire life? Oh, the best meal I had was I was on vacation in Las Vegas and we went to, um, a restaurant called Nobu and, um, it's, I guess, very, very fancy restaurant. Um, our friends, um, family members took us out, uh, and I experienced like, I don't know, a 10 course meal, uh, and one of them being, um, uh, Kobe beef from, uh, right from, uh, Japan. 
and it was like it melted in my mouth and I will never forget that experience of of that meal uh Mm. so yeah so I, I would say that that that's the one that really sticks out in in my head nice what's your favorite place that you've traveled let's see. Well, since I haven't traveled anywhere recently, (laughs) um, I have to say, um, I mean, I haven't traveled to a ton of places throughout my life. Uh, but Aruba, I went for my honeymoon and then we went back, um, a couple years later with some friends and I just love it because it's just so carefree. Um, and everyone's so happy, uh, Mm. there. So I would have to, would have to say there. Nice. What is your favorite television series to binge watch? Oh, um, oh gosh. I, there's a lot of them, but, um, <laughs> hmm. Oh, right now, um, I am enjoying, it's called Firefly Lane, um, okay. with Katherine Heigl. That's been good, but, uh, I'm trying to think that one, one of the uh, series that I'm like, I'm so mad this is over. I feel like my life has come to an end. Oh, I, I hate that. I can't like, um, was it called Parenthood? Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but I watched a ton of series when um, I was a new mom with both of my children because I was nursing all the time. So I couldn't really move. Um, so yeah, those are some ones that are, are sticking out. I think it was called Parenthood. Um but yeah, so right now I'll have to say Firefly Lane because I have a bit of um, a memory jog of when I was having <laughs> young newborns <laughs> watching a series. I think the world has watched more TV in the last year than it ever has. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is your most epic fail? <sighs> epic fail. Um, hmm. I have to think about this. Uh fail. I'm trying to think if I want to think personally or professionally. Um, you know, one thing sticks out in my mind, um, that I just felt like I could just like swallow my head. I felt so silly, but I, this was back in my maybe, um, you know, uh, disordered eating days where I thought, you know, you must be thin to be healthy kind of thing. And I asked, um, a high school friend of mine when she was due, and, uh, yeah, she had just had a baby six weeks ago and I was like, oh my gosh, foot in my mouth. So yeah, I will never ask. And that should be like a, you know, a universal thing, but I feel like it's not until it happens to you. Um, yes. <laughs> never ask a woman if she's pregnant. So yeah, that, that sticks out in my mind. <laughs> what is your happiest moment? my happiest moment, um, definitely when my, my children, uh, were born, but more specifically when I found out that, um, I conceived my first baby. And I remember vividly when, um, I called the nurse to check if my, uh, cause I had a, um, IUI, um, fertility treatment. And I called to see, and this was after I think three or four failed rounds of fertility treatment. And I I called to see if, you know, in fact, the pregnancy test was positive. And um, I remember my heart pounding, like, is she going to tell me yes? Because I was just so exhausted from, you know, worrying about getting pregnant and stuff like that. And she's like, well, Cynthia, you probably already know you're pregnant. And I'm like, huh? And I just, you know, I wanted it for so long and, you know, finally, you know, it, it happened. So I have to say that was one of the, the, you know, most thing that sticks out in my life other than the, the birth of both of my children. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So what advice would you like to leave with our listeners in terms of health or, you know, just general advice? I would say general advice is that, um, you know, health isn't an image. Um, We can't tell by looking at someone if they are truly healthy or not. Uh, And, you know, to, to be kind to yourself and to be kind to your body because your body does so many amazing things 
that we take for granted. You know, one being, you know, when you get a cold and you get a stuffy nose, like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe, you know, but on an even deeper level, your body is allowing you to go to work, to go to school, to have fun with your friends, to procreate, um, you know, if, if you're, um, you know, wanting to have children. Uh, so to, to respect your body, you know, you don't have to look in the mirror and say, oh my God, I'm so in love with my body, but just respect it and give it what it needs when it's hungry, you know, give it what it needs when it's, it's tired and, and let it rest. You don't always have to be doing and going like our, our society um, makes us feel like we should. Yeah. Yeah. And where can people find you? You all can find me. I live mostly on Instagram. Um, and that is um, period dot nutritionist. You can find me there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cynthia. It has been an absolute pleasure. Yes, it has been fun. I really enjoyed it. And thank you so much for inviting me on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel on iTunes And please leave me a review so we can get this message of better health out there. Have a great day and remember, you are powerful over your health.